Welcome, everybody, to the Grow People podcast. That is Pastor Jason Gertis. He is the lead pastor of Revolution Church. My name is David Stein, and this is the Grow People podcast. The purpose of the Grow People podcast is to grow people. To grow people. I'm wondering if if by now people are are yelling that out in their cars as they're as they're listening. I don't know if they're not. They should be. Yeah, they, they yeah. should be yelling out that, and then how we close the show, which is as always, trust God. Take a nap. Take a nap. Yeah. So those are the, those are the two catchphrases. Which is really kind of how we even do sermons around here, like getting people to call out certain things that we highlight or repeat mm-hmm. back to us and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So why would the podcast be any different? Yes. So so if you're yelling it out in the car and people think you're strange in the car next to you, just tell them you're listening to the Grow People podcast. <laughs> and the purpose is to grow people. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, we are... In the home stretch, in the home stretch of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yes. Uh, I hope that y'all are encouraged uh, each week as we try to uh, build you up and say, hey, if it's if it's going great, keep going. Um, and, and our purpose is just like Paul said to uh, the church at Thessalonica, keep on keeping on, which is that the actual Greek. Did he say that? He, he did not say that. Okay. I'm sitting here thinking in my mind. Well, first I'm like, okay, which church is he going to reference? Which good job of saying Thessalonica. Oh, um, all over it. And then two, I was like, okay, Thessalonians. I don't think that's in there. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he, he put his arm around them to encourage them. Therefore. Metaphorically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Cause they were killing it. Enduring. Yeah. They were, they were doing great. They yeah. had, they had a welcome team. They had, you know, <laughs> they had welcome track. <laughs> they, had all, they had all those things. And he's, he's saying, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, they were just worried, though, that they had they had missed the return of Jesus. Other yeah. than that. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is why he was saying, no, he hasn't come back yet. He's coming. <laughs> yeah. Which people are always so fascinated by, which rightfully so. Oh, that's a, that's a whole other podcast. We should. We should get into eschatology, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is the study of end times. And and not to make fun, but it, it's a question that people want to know before they go to church. Before they go be, to church? Be, before before they're, they're choosing a church. Some people ask that question. Oh, about before eschatology? They're, before they're choosing a church. You know, hmm. where, where, where do y'all stand on this? Yeah. Is he coming back? Yeah. That's where we stand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. No, that that would be a fascinating topic because that is one that obviously I enjoy mm-hmm. a lot. In, in fact, my son yesterday, he's interviewing, um, he's you know going to college, playing football, and he's interviewing to be to get a, in a part of this um, scholarship and group, discipleship group thing, uh, put on my Windshape found, Foundation. And he told them they were asking him about his you know week and quiet time and stuff and he's currently reading the book of revelation right now and i said oh i didn't even know he was reading that and um so i need to follow up with him and ask him what he thinks mm-hmm. about it yeah um, and and if you're listening eschatology is the study of i said it a minute ago oh did you say end yeah. times i pointed to the camera i don't okay. know why okay but yeah you can go back at yeah, I said it's the study of end times. Oh, I, I missed that. I'm yeah, sorry. You did. It's yeah. okay. No, but I, I do remember uh, going to church early on, 2007, uh, you know, new believer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I went to a church in California, and there's some pretty big names of theolo- modern-day yeah. theologians preaching. Yeah. And somebody said, how was it? I said, I, I think it was great. They were making up words, though. <laughs> there were so many words that I did not know at the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're in the home stretch of the fast, yeah. and we want to encourage you to uh, 
just keep at it. If you haven't started yet, it's okay to start now. Maybe it's a maybe it's going to be a three day fast for yeah. you. Yeah, uh, because we're recording this on the Tuesday of the third week of the fast. But the big question... Um, that sounds well, the, like the intro of a Bible passage on the third year of the second reign of... <laughs> yeah, that was good. Thank you. Uh, two questions people are asking. Uh, the first question is, will the stash ever come back? Will it ever make an appearance? <laughs> oh, I mean, that is, that's almost as tough as figuring out the return of Christ. And so, uh, <laughs> the end times of the mustache. Yeah, exactly. Mustachetology. Uh, yeah. The mustache, the mustache has probably came and gone, you know, I, who knows, you know, which is funny, just the, the genesis of that, to use another term. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our staff Christmas party, you know, in December and it was a pajama party. It was real relaxed. And so obviously you were there, you remember, I shaved everything but the mustache and went and people got such a kick out and it was funny and made a comment. I should preach with it on. And I was like, no, I'm talking about too much of a serious subject. You know, I was leading a legacy and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, cause then no one will listen to what I have to say. Um, <laughs> they will just be staring at this. Um, and then in this series with abide, you know, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, uh, the importance of abiding in the truth and, and also the truth abiding in us, like the truth remaining in us and mm-hmm. not not progressing on past the truth. And so um, I just thought, oh, this will be a hilarious moment, you know, to make a sermon illustration of that I need people in my life to, you know, face-to-face help me to abide in the truth, as, right. as John talked about in Second John. And, um, so I went through the whole message and so, again, I was joked about it. I've gotten so many responses. It's not even funny, you know, well, it is funny. Um, from people from thinking I should, again, the one demographic thought I should keep it is young males, um, overwhelmingly. Um, so maybe one day if I, you know, look a little cooler in the future, I'll try to bring it back. And if it comes, I'm not too into trends typically, um, but that is a trend in the younger generation currently. Yeah. And, and not a lot of guys can pull it off. That's, that's the problem with it. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. And not a lot, a lot of guys could do it in the seventies. I mean, yeah. I, I had a mustache in the seventies. Well, honestly, that's, that was the funniest thing to me, which you would relate to this more, uh, cause I was born in the seventies, but I didn't, you know, grow up. You didn't in have it. facial hair. In I didn't the have 70s. facial hair in the seventies. No. <laughs> Came out with a beard and a little little little, salt patch. Yeah, whatever that's called. But yeah, it's funny, like, you know, 40, 50 years ago, you know, presidents, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, actors, like it was a very, very common thing. And um, famous people, well-respected famous people. And then it goes out of style, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it becomes a symbol of like creepiness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's like you see a guy... You know, like I show up with a mustache, people are like creeped out and they were like, oh, you look like a creeper. And so that was just hilarious to me. Those Mm -hmm. kind of things are, which is kind of proving the point of how subjective things can be, Mm -hmm. which is why we need people to hold us accountable to objective truth, you know, and, um, and people that love us. And what was really funny at the 1115 in Canton, um, when I was preaching about that, uh, that some people, you know, people that love me have told me it's ridiculous and others have said it's not. And then a lady yelled out, they don't love you. 
<laughs> in the audience. <laughs> I heard that. That was that was funny. That was funny. Um, yeah. So, well, that was one question. What was the second question? You said two. Yeah, we'll move on from bizarre facial hair growths. Okay, uh, which was actually in my high school manual. Uh, in under the rules, you were not allowed to have bizarre facial hair growths. Like that phrase? Yes, that phrase was in there. Bizarre facial hair growths. Growths. P- yeah. Plural. Yes. Not bizarre facial hair growth. No. That's so weird. mustaches, mutton chops. <laughs> <laughs> Mutton chops made a made a comeback they for a shouldn't. short while. They should not. Well, they did a while back. Yeah, you know, which I couldn't do those either. No, but yeah, as a kid, I always wanted my sideburns longer. Mm-hmm. That was cool when I was younger in the nineties, like long sideburns, and I couldn't do yeah, that. Long sideburns are okay. Mutton chops. I'm I'm not a Civil War lieutenant, so yeah. <laughs> or Elvis. Y- yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the second question. So we're coming to the end of the fast. Now what? Now, now what do people do? In the last podcast, we talked about how this fast does feel different. We're coming out of the second year of um, several crises, mm-hmm. and it feels like God is doing something different. And I know in my own heart, I, I feel God is doing something different. This fast has been different. As challenging as this fast has been, it has been the most fruitful fast I have ever done. Yeah. Well, actually, something you said to me, uh, which I want to give credit to you, in saying it, um, I think is one of the reasons why it feels different. I think in years past, we were all willing, you know, too fast from something, you know, but it was more about like, well, we're just trying to get that done, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the, I can't remember the exact words you used, you know, when you said it. Um, but you were talking about the reason why this year feels different is you're not just trying to get the 21 days done and then go back to normal. Yes. You know, you're not... You're not just biding your time until you can have these things mm-hmm. again. And it wasn't that before, you know, seasons were bad, but it, but the thought process is before it was like, let me just get through these 21 days. Now I feel like the thought process is for a lot of people. Okay. How do I, how do I incorporate what happened in these 21 days in my daily life? Amen. You know, Amen. so I'm That's not exactly just going it. back to what I was doing, you know, prior to, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it feels different. And then to the question of what now, I think the question is, okay, now because I've done these 21 days, how do I keep these grooves in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I, how do I, you know, it may not be that you're actually fasting from whatever you're fasting from right now for a period of time, but it may mean, you know, I went from, fasting from this for 21 days to I'm going to fast from that one day a week, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm going to intentionally have time in my life. Um, you know, like the abide guide and the reap and everything that we laid out in there is like, okay, I'm going to incorporate that into my study and not just read a bunch of devotionals all the time, but mm-hmm. really try to dig into the word right. myself fasting from social media. You know, we've asked everybody to fast from that, which is again, a lot of people have taken up, uh, taking us up on that, but I've heard some people that have only fasted from certain forms of social media, not all of them, mm-hmm. uh, which again is, I want to encourage that, but it's like, okay, but maybe, maybe I can, maybe I need to eliminate those and not ever go back to them. Yeah. Those certain ones, if they were that big of a problem, or maybe I need to take, uh, I need to put, I've heard so many people say, I, I've realized just how much time. Oh. I was spending on that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to put limits on my phone, mm-hmm. you know, 
where I can only do it for 30 minutes a day or an hour a day or whatever. Um, in fact, Lindsay, my wife and I were talking with Jackson, our 18 year old son last night, and we were talking about this social media fast. And Lindsay was asking him how, um, it's been for him and if how hard it was, cause he's fasting from video games and that kind of stuff. And he made it a pretty insightful comment. He was like, mom, you know, this really hasn't been that hard for me because you guys already limit that for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Like before the fast, we already had limits on their phones. Um, because the, you know, the smartphones allow you to do that, you know, with parental controls. And so both of our kids only already have a set amount of time. So for Jackson, it was, it was really kind of a cool moment. I mean, we haven't succeeded in every area of parenting, but it it was one of those moments that made me feel like, okay, we made a good decision there. Mm. It wasn't that big of a deal to him to go off of it for 21 days. Cause he was already live living within limits prior to, mm-hmm. But I think that's why it is such a big deal for so many people right now because they weren't living with limits prior to. Oh, I had no limits. Yeah. And now they have limited it completely. And now the question is, well, how do I go? I don't want to go back to a no limit life in that sense Um, because no one can really live unlimited. We're all limits, limited. We all Mm -hmm. need to embrace our limits. That's healthy. Um. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes this feel different is we want people to think like that. We want people to think about their lives, again, from a legacy perspective, you know, from a considering the outcome of their way of life. What do I, what am I doing? Am I abiding in this? And then, so I think a great win is people start to incorporate fasting in their life mm-hmm. after this season. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's kind of where I am because I'm I'm not really sure how to re-enter uh, after this. I'm I'm not really sure because I don't want to get to January 2023. Yeah, and we're sitting around talking about the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I go, okay, well, I guess I'll fast from caffeine again, and I guess I'll fast from sugar and carbs and salty snacks, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah, uh, because I feel so much better now. Oh uh, yeah, I. I don't know if I can go back to a little bit of social media. Yeah. I don't know if I can go back to a little bit of sugar. Yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely not going to go back to caffeine, and I don't even know what to think about the, del- <laughs> the. I don't even know what to think about the deliverance that I believe I had from caffeine. Yeah. Have we talked about that? Uh, I've heard. I know your wife has told my wife, and so I've heard. But you and I know. Yeah. Um, it was it was gone. Mm. Um. And I was really struggling. So it's like day three. Yeah. And, and I'm in the auditorium before students meet uh, with uh, Tim Brummel, our mm. worship leader. And we're praying uh, over some things. And we're, we're uh, talking about healing. Yeah. And we're talking about bad backs and things like that. And, and it struck me that, and I couldn't stop thinking about it all night. God delivered me from drugs and alcohol. Yeah. 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. I've never asked him to deliver me from this addiction to caffeine. Mm. And, and you said it in the message. These are addictions. Yeah. Um, we I, over-identify with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never asked him for that. Mm. Um, so that night still had a little bit of a headache. Woke up the next day and, and I, I literally had supernatural energy mm. without caffeine, without yeah. a headache. Now, Hey, it could have been, it only took me three days to get past the symptoms. Of course. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But 
the other three things, the sugar, the yeah. carbs, the salty snacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did drugs. This is harder. Oh, yeah. Coming off of sugar. Yeah, which is a really amazing. They've done you know all kinds of studies about this. And I remember Rick Warren talking about this years and years ago, um, where the way sugar interacts with your brain is like, is the same responses as heroin. Mm. Um, I didn't and do that. No, yeah, I didn't either. I never did any illegal drugs and not because I was such a good kid. It's because I was scared of my dad. <laughs> so, plenty of my family members did illegal drugs, but, um, but sugar is my drug. And I talk about that a lot, you know? And so that what it is, but my, what I'm going with that is, it's equally as hard mm -hmm. to get off that as it is illicit drugs yeah. because of how it interacts with, because it's just a chemical. They're all chemicals, but one is just more socially acceptable than the other, you know? And so, yeah, the way it interacts with your brain, which is why we have withdrawals and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so now obviously sugar is a naturally reoccurring or naturally occurring substance in nature. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not like in and of itself, it is, sinful or bad the right. problem is we have just oversaturated everything with it well you know? yeah because there is for for me uh, there is no portion size no it's a sleeve of cookies it's <laughs> it, it's a it's an yeah. entire container of pringles yeah of course yeah and so uh I, I don't even i don't even want to dangle my feet in the water yeah so well and i think that's i think that is a good that's one thing I would probably say about this. What I would want, what the prayer that I would want for everybody in our church who's participating in this is the self-awareness to know what that is. Mm -hmm. I think that's the point. Mm -hmm. um, the point is not, oh, I need to do what Pastor David's doing or what Pastor Jason's doing. The point is I need to be aware of what God wants me to do mm -hmm. um, and incorporate that truth. I mean, there, again, truth is universal and absolute by right. definition. So, Everybody would say that sugar is not good for you in large, copious amounts the way we consume it. Um, but that may not be the thing for some people. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Uh, it may be something else. And, mm -hmm. and we create these weird um, games we play in church world to where we get super proud of ourselves of things that we're not doing that's like those people, mm -hmm. whoever those people are. Right. Um, that we identify that's socially different than us. And then we completely fail to understand things like that, that we're doing that are equally as sinful, but they're just more socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we feel proud in some way. And God's like, Oh, you're so, you're so consumed by this. You don't even know it. Right. right. Uh, and I used to say this all the time and it's a phrase it'll never leave. Uh, but the most dysfunctional people are the ones who don't know right. that they are. Mm -hmm. And so again, I think that's the point. The point is praying and asking. It's almost like the, the you know, the thought that you had of like, oh, I never quite realized I was addicted to this, and never quite asked the Lord to help me. Um, well, that was a moment of clarity that came that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you, and therefore, and you listened, and and so that's the win. That's the goal. That's what we want people to do: is listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and what he's calling you to live in light of what he's done in your life these 21 days and incorporate that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's going to look different. And so for you, it may be, you never go back to coffee. You never go back to social media because that's what he's asking you to do to where me, it, it may 
may not be those right. things. Yeah. But it's but I do need to it's still equal sacrifice in in some other areas because I you know, I'm tempted to do things that you're not, you know. I heard someone say before, you can't choose your temptation, but you can choose your response to it. Mm, that's good. So all of us, because of our family of origin, our genetics, our culture, all kinds of things, there are things that are going to be naturally more tempting to us mm -hmm. than to other people. And I don't get to choose that. Um, and I'm not wrong. I'm not, I'm not a bad person because I am tempted by something that you're not. Um, because temptation, you know, the Bible says it's natural. It's something common to man. Um, and and even Jesus was tempted. And even he didn't choose his temptations, mm -hmm. but he chose his response to them. Yeah, that's excellent. And that, that's really the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we want to encourage you, whatever you're fasting from. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's one of the reasons in the message a couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, if you're not sure what to fast from, think about what you really, 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 really love. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's probably it. Yeah. That that's the one and and that's why I said in the last podcast the the rifled approach to this particular fast has shown me, you know, where where my heart goes, mm -hmm. where my mind goes, mm -hmm. where my stomach goes, where mm -hmm. my where my focus goes, mm -hmm. focused on food, focused on uh, on social media. Yeah. I mean, how many times, if you're listening right now, have you picked up your phone and you didn't even know you picked up your phone to look at social oh, yeah, media? Yeah, it's habit. Yeah. Because again, they've done all, that is a dopamine hit mm -hmm. you, you, that you get a yep. chemical in your brain mm -hmm. and your brain is like, hey, we haven't had that in a while. I want it. Pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. So it, it is done involuntarily. Um, and again, that's, that's what, that's what was so fascinating to me about the message this last weekend talking about in Luke two, when, when they go to the festival, um, you know, the feast of Passover, I had never read that text in that way. Like we always read the text and, and just see, Oh my gosh, Mary lost Jesus, right. Mary and Joseph mm -hmm. lost Jesus. Uh, and you kind of, and then you wonder about, well, we didn't know much else about Jesus's life. We just know he was in the temple and he was in the temple teaching and asking questions and they were amazed. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a highlight into that. And that's kind of all we think about it, which that's not bad or wrong, but thinking about the concept of, okay, we're coming out of this fast. We are reentering back into life again. Um, it was a fascinating kind of thought experience for me, like studying through that and thinking, okay. And the whole concept of unleavened bread, you know, was a reminder that they were in a hurry mm -hmm. back in Egypt. But now that they're in the promised land, they don't have to be in a hurry. And that's the second component of this is slow it down. They slow it down. And so literally one day after the festival, Mary and Joseph are back in a hurry, mm -hmm. back frantic again. They left, they walked on from Jesus and there's this, this fascinating scene, you know, where they go back in and Jesus and he's 12, which again, in Jewish culture meant he was an adult, mm -hmm. but still he's 12. Um, and his response to them was like, why are you looking for me? I mean, he's so calm. So he was like, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Mm -hmm. uh, and you, and I think about that. And I'm like, if I would have said that to my dad, you know, at 12, I would have, you know, good night. Um, but obviously, and then it says right after that in verse 51 and 52, Mary, Mary treasured these things in her heart. I don't think she was treasuring in her heart that she lost Jesus. I think she was treasuring in her heart the profoundness with which he was already living. Mm. 
and she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so he was living with this profound sense of, I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do, and I'm not going to live by your chaos. I'm not going to be controlled by it. Um, you're not going to direct my life. The father is directing my life. Um, and then it says, you know, he remained submissive to them and, and left and he was obedient. So he still went with them, but he, and that was my point. He wasn't controlled by them, but he remained connected to them. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me that modern psychology again has caught up, uh, whether they would use Jesus as an example or not, but using kind of modern psychological terms. And the one I talked about was self-differentiated, you know, self-differentiated person is one who is not controlled by their feelings, but they're not disconnected from them. They don't see feelings as bad. They're just not controlled by them. Um, and that's who Jesus was. Yeah. I mean, he was the most self-differentiated person. And that's why he's an example to us. And so, yeah, I think kind of going back to your your statement, you said just a minute ago of thinking about before this fast, what was the thing that you were over-identifying with? Yep. What was the thing that you thought, if I don't have this... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it. Right. I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be comforted. I can't, you know, I just need a release. I just need to, you know, I just need to go home and veg out on the TV, you know, and I would say that, mm-hmm. um, stressful day, you know, mine again is, is a gallon of Rocky bluebell, Rocky road ice cream. Cause there's so many like childhood things with that. Yes. Um, that that's how my mom, you know, we, I would eat a bowl of Rocky Road ice cream with my mom before, after everybody went to bed and we would be up late eating it because that's how she, that was like the reward she gave herself mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So I just picked up that groove or rut, as yeah. you said, and now that's what I do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not every day. But so I think that's the point is saying, man, in what areas of my life am I over-identifying with things? Um, and the Lord is asking me to man, like you're controlled by those. Yes. And I'm not saying, I don't think sometimes the, obviously evil things, the Bible says to flee, wicked things, the Bible says to flee. But then there's so many good things that the Bible doesn't tell us to flee like money. It's not a bad thing. It's not, you're not ungodly if you have money, but if you're controlled by it, Mm -hmm. then, then it's bad. Yeah. You know, that's as a preacher there's many, many preachers that have said this. I don't know who it originated with, but a, when a good thing becomes a God thing, then it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want, again, people to think about is how do I reenter back into this new life coming off of this? And what are the things that I was controlled by? So for you, you know, I mean, you spent a large amount of time on Twitter, you know, and which again is not bad in and of itself, yeah, but it was controlling were, you. Yeah, it was controlling me, and there were justifications. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm reading a Christian blog. Or, yeah. But this is one of the litmus tests that I've been using. Where does my heart go when I go to that? Mm. So if I'm on social media, am I just happy and joyful, and I'm looking at people's lives and their and their pictures and the meal that they ate last night. Am, <laughs> am I filled with joy? Yeah. Or or am I or do I get anxious on yeah. social media? Because it doesn't matter. And here's a perfect example. I knew I wanted to read something from John Piper this week. Yeah. So in the past, I would have just gone to the search bar on Twitter mm. and put that in there, and that article would have come up. Yeah. Well, I had to go to Google, which is what people used to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to go to Google to do that, and 
it didn't allow me to be on Twitter to see anything else. Yeah. That would have caused me anxiety. That would have distracted you. Yeah. yeah would it would have maybe even caused me to fall into judgment yeah. of something yeah. or someone. Mm-hmm. So uh, where does my heart go when I'm thinking about those things? Yeah, and I've heard somebody say too, like when you take away everything else and you're just silent, what does your heart go to? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think about? Well, those are some of the controlling things. Yeah. You know, and if it's not the Lord, and again, this is where it's going to sound super judgmental, and I don't mean it that way because it's not like we can only always ever be thinking about the Lord. But there is a sense, though, as Jesus said, you know, the living water will be a wellspring within you. Well, I have access to the creator of all heaven and earth. So why would I not want to go to that well? Stop for a moment. If you're in your car, take a deep breath. Think about that for a second. We have access to the creator of the universe mm-hmm. anytime we want. Mm-hmm. So why would I not want to talk to him or hear from him mm-hmm. in his word? And that's the, the, we're just talking about the best thing. You know, our hearts were made to rest in him. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we just get into all these other little nests that we make that Mm -hmm. we rest our heart in. And, um, and that's the point of this abide in these seasons is to reorient that and remind ourselves, wow, I just didn't even, I've heard from so many people that have said, I just didn't even realize that I was spending that much time, mm-hmm. that I was being that controlled. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the point. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, I wound up watching some messages in the time that I would be on Twitter. Yeah. And, and granted, it's, it's still screen time. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Um, but after watching, and I, I did binge watch a series of messages. They mm-hmm. were like 10, 15 minutes each. Mm-hmm. It was a whole series of things. And and at the end, I was like, okay, am I anxious right now? No. Yeah. And I just spent about the same amount of time. Was that the Theosu yes. talks? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'd spent about the, that much amount of time on Twitter, and my anxiety was through the roof if I had been on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So. The, yeah, because that's the, the difference between Twitter's the shotgun. What you were doing is more rifled in on a subject matter, mm-hmm. you know, and so you were learning, which is good. Mm-hmm. but you were learning about something that you care about, you know, the Bible you were learning. And it, it, so the reason I'm stressing this is digital technology is not bad. We're not saying that we're, we're having active conversations about how do we leverage digital technology? The problem is, is when we take a shotgun approach with it, we just are over inundated mm-hmm. with all this information instead of going deep into a couple um, which I don't know if we've ever said this on this podcast, and I, I want to say this in a message. In fact, I meant to say it the last few weeks, but Peter Pete Scazzaro says this about emotionally healthy spirituality. When he would, he had been a Christian for 22 years, and he said that. So therefore, he thought he was a 22 year old Christian, mm-hmm. you know. And so he was, you know, he was walking with the Lord for 22 years. But what he realized, he was just a one year old Christian 22 times. Yes, excellent, and. That's because for 22 years, it was like he was just starting over again. So, and, I, and that's the reason why is because people, myself included, we don't take the time to actually go deep in, rifle into 
the word and our own emotions and history because we just so we're so dis- distracted mm-hmm. and so busy and so the the clearly the the devil can't take your salvation from you but he can definitely take your joy of it away mm-hmm. he definitely can distract you to death mm-hmm. so that you never sit in it you never rest in it you never live in it you never go deep in it um because we know a lot about well, we know a little bit about a lot of people instead of a lot about one person um, or a, so or a couple people. Yeah. We know a little bit about a lot of people, except uh, we don't know a lot about the one person, the, 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 that person. Yes. Yeah. And which is why when you read Paul, which obviously Jesus talks a little different because Jesus is God. Um, but even Jesus obviously regularly went away to be with his father. But Paul talks about it so much about, that I might know God, that I might know him, that I might know him. I want you to know him. And you think about that and you're like, man, that he is just stressing that over and over. That's why mm-hmm. that's because knowledge is intimacy. Um, you know, you know, Leanna mm-hmm. to a deep level that I don't. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the knowledge that you have makes your relationship with her more intimate. Yes. Um, and that's why the Bible speaks of knowledge in terms of intimacy that way, um, you know, specifically in the marriage relationship. But that is the metaphor that he uses for us and him too. Yeah. Like he wants us to know him like yes. that. And he wants to know us mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and so again, yeah, why would I not want to go, you know, rifle in deep into a relationship with God who wants to know me mm-hmm. and who has made himself known. Mm-hmm. And again, think about it. As Jesus says, when we stand before him in judgment, he will say to some department for me, cause I never knew you. Yeah. And a lot of people think about that just on the terms of like a superficial head knowledge. They didn't know about him. No, he's like, no, we weren't in relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, you went to church. Yeah, you. Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah, and you, you've said that before. Uh, you can know about Jesus, mm-hmm. but you need to know him to know him to know him, and he has made himself known. Yeah, in the Bible, because he wants to be known, mm-hmm. and then he empowers us by his Spirit to know him. Right, and so yeah, that's why you have so much more joy because you're resting in your God who knows you, mm. and you know, and you've gotten to know him better. Um, because you have taken out the distractions of knowing a little bit about what everybody else is doing. Oh, amen. You know, amen. I mean, cause honestly, who, this is what makes me laugh a little bit about social media. And I'll never forget when it first came out and people were trying to convince me to get on it. I'm like, I don't really care what you had for dinner last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that I don't like you or care for you, but I don't, right. I don't need to know you that deeply. Because I can only know. I mean, you think about Jesus. He only knew 12 deeply. Yep. yep. You know, and then, you know, a few other, Mary, Martha, you know, so let's just say it was more than 12. But uh, at the most in the upper room, there was 120, mm-hmm. you know, and he knew them. Um, and the Bible talks a lot about that. Like when in John 13, when he washes their feet, he knew them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I think... We have to limit the people that we know 
Um, and the things that we know so that we can know people mm. deeper. Yes. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Uh, you used a tremendous illustration um, that really kind of stopped the room uh, in the messages. And that was the illustration of the space shuttle re-entering oh, Earth, yeah. Earth's orbit. Yeah. And uh, cautioned through that, through that very excellent description that you read of not burning up. Mm-hmm. In, in the re-entry yeah. at the end of this fast. Um, and of course, you know, the the notion that this little piece of foam, which yeah. was, was damaged and, and obviously caused the, the Columbia disaster uh, back in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a, that's us if, if we don't do this right. Now, everybody has a different how, way they're going to re-enter yeah. this. But we do have to caution ourselves. Yeah, and again, I, I love that analogy. And as I was thinking about the message, the first when I preach, you know, the first message I preach is on Thursday. So I finished it Thursday, was studying and thinking, and then you know came up for for a run through. And um, during that time, it always happens. You know, I'll get some thought, or and sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't have time, mm-hmm. you know, to put that in the message or whatever. Um, but then that thought came in about the space shuttle. And so I looked it up and I, and I was like, oh, I wonder. And then reading about how the reentry is the most dangerous part. I mean, f- it's funny, flying off on rockets, you know, that's pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. As you referenced, The it was the Challenger that blew up, right? Was uh, Challenger was 86. And then uh, Columbia was the one that uh, actually blew up on reentry because the heat shield had been damaged oh, on, that on launch. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't, I shouldn't know not to question your history buff knowledge. Um, no, it's just retaining things. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was talking about the. Uh, I was referencing the Challenger because it blew up, you know, on going the, up, going, on the yeah, way on up. The map, yeah. So obviously that's perilous too. Mm-hmm. But what's more perilous is coming back, mm-hmm. you know, because you are re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. You're re-entering things that can literally kill you, and that's where that that thought became fascinating to me, and which is why I read, you know, some of that process of what it takes for a shuttle to re-enter. Because you literally can burn up if you miss it, you know, from the right angle and the right speed. Um, and so it became a fascinating thought, which we've talked about. It's like, man, I, I want to reenter life after this different this time. Um, and again, not doesn't mean we're going to make mistakes. We are. But I want to be aware of, man, I need to hit the right reentry and the right angle at the right speed and the right ways. Um, and I've talked to some people that have said, that after this 21 days, they feel like the Lord's asking them to go longer, mm. you know, yeah. on certain things. And I think that's great mm-hmm. because that's like, Hey, let's make another trip around. Let's make another orbit around the earth. We're not ready to reenter. We missed the window, mm. you know, the, the go, no go window, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's good. Um, but again, most, the problem with most of us, we don't even think about that. Yeah. You know, um, we don't ever even think about that part of our lives and, most people don't even fast like what we're talking about and doing this kind of stuff and make these type of introspective seasons where they think about this. But for those of us in revolution at this time during this season, that was the point is like, you need to think about how you're going to reenter because if not, you'll burn up. And it's all part of this notion of, of slowing down in our lives mm-hmm. to be contemplative yeah. as Pete Scazzaro would say. Yeah. And take an assessment slaw. Let's go, let's go yeah, back. That's right. Let's go that's back right. to slaw. Which is really close to slow. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It is. And slaw is delicious. Yeah. I'm wondering, is there anything bad? In, well, there's sugar in it's it. It's cabbage. Well, it depends on how you make it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Vinegar based. Yeah. Is there sugar in the vinegar based? Probably. Some, some people put that yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. And that's I'm not getting legalistic on the sugar thing. I mean, if it's if it's in something that Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that, not, and again, that's the point. Yeah. 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 I'm just not eating a box of cookies and exactly and pies and cakes and Oh, like in our house, it's funny. If I bring a thing of Oreos home, it will be gone before the day's over. Yeah. Because there's me, Lindsay, Jackson, mostly me and Jackson, but then Natalie, it won't last. Yeah. You know what I mean? To where if you bring a, even apples, and we all love, you think bring a thing of apples, they'll be there for a week. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> uh, so okay, then we don't need to bring Oreos home. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know these people like, oh, I have an Oreo, but I just eat a little bit of one Oreo every day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it takes yeah. me about a week to finish one. No. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, who are you? You must be alien. Um but yeah, back to slaw. Yeah, that was what we talked about in leading. It's stop, look, ask for the ancient path, and then walk in it. Mm-hmm. And so that principle is really this practice of yeah. what we're doing right now is saying that this is a time to stop. We've looked. Now we're looking around. Now we're asking, what is the good way? And coming out of this season, we want to walk in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be healthier if we do. Yeah. And, and think about next january do you want to be in the same place do you want to be stuck in th- in that rut yeah no. as you're as you're entering that fast i don't think anybody does and this is the first time i've actually thought a year ahead of time yeah and think about it like this i, I meant to say this earlier we can probably wrap it up with this thought but um we do this every year but the people do the same thing with their vacations they look it's like they run a thousand miles an hour and then they crash into their vacations Mm -hmm. thinking that a week away is going to fix something. Um, instead of saying, you know what, I want to live my life to where I'm not crashing into my vacation where I'm living more centered. I'm Mm -hmm. slowing down. I'm taking a day. I'm Sabbathing. I'm resting. I'm cutting off certain things so that by the time I get into my vacation, I can actually enjoy it. Mm in a way right. where I'm not so tired and burnt out. And then I come back more tired from my vacation. Mm-hmm. Then I need a vacation from my vacation, man. But so we, a lot of people live their lives in between their vacations with no thought of changing their rest schedule or their work schedule. Um, and then look to their vacation. And to your point, we don't want to do that with the past. Yeah. We don't want to only think about this for 21 days every year and then live crazy between now and next January. It's like, no, we want to, we want to start incorporating these truths in our lives so that we're not crashing into these things. Um, because if we crash into those things, eventually, uh, we're going to burn up. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Great points. Uh, can you, I know you wanted to wrap it up on that, but I, I think this fits. What was the quote that you said to me and pastor Chad, uh, as we were walking over here? Uh, about don't do something today that you won't be able to. Re- oh yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast and uh, he, he had a line in there, which is pretty deep. You know, he said, don't do anything today that you can't recover from tomorrow. Wow. Uh, and as, and again, the, the, we all understand yes. there are going to be seasons in our lives mm-hmm. where we're working late or doing something mm-hmm. uh, where we, but I was like, man, what a great principle to try to live out mm-hmm. to say, I want to live my day today in a way that I can recover from it tomorrow. Yeah. And if you live a lot of those days in a row, those days, yeah. you're building a rhythm. You're building a rhythm. You're building grooves. You're living a healthy life because um, if, I, if I don't live today thinking about 
recovering tomorrow. I can only do that for so long before our body's like, we ain't doing this. And your body is going to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the body is, this is why we don't believe in the absence. Like we don't just believe in the spirit, you know, uh, as Paul talks about, um, when there was a whole group of people that only believed the spirit was good, the body was bad. No, the body's not bad. And the body is a way that God, the Holy spirit and our own spirit communicates to us to get our attention. Hey, we need to deal with this. Even though you're talking about your back hurting and caffeine and that kind of stuff, that's your body telling you, you need to make a change. Mm-hmm. Don't live today like that. Cause I can't, reco- I can't keep recover. I can't keep bailing you out. Yes. You know, and, and I I'm losing my ability to recover from this, mm. you know? Excellent. Um, and so, yeah, we need to listen to those things. Very good. Hey, that's all the time we have. Uh, we could talk about this, uh, for another hour, uh, but we are going to circle back at some point and, and talk about, uh, that passage from John chapter two, which was so good about, uh, making sure we Second don't John. Yeah. That's what I meant. Second John. Yeah. Yes. There is no chapter in it. No, there isn't. Yeah. It's just no. a book. Second John yeah. short book. Yeah. Um, you did all the verses. Short. Yes. That was the universal sign for short. short. <laughs> uh, what's I going to say? Oh, yeah, we're going to circle, circle back. back. Yeah, because we don't want to progress past the truth. So yeah. I know we touched on that a little bit in the podcast today, mm-hmm. but we're free-flowing. We'll circle back to that, and we'll start, circle back to eschatology, which is the study of... End times. <laughs> in case you missed it the first time. In case you times. missed it the first time. <laughs> uh, as we always end, and if you're in your car, just yell it out. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to set me up. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Trust God. And take a nap. There you go.